Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the premiere episode of the Hands Down DFS podcast. We're going to be breaking down the August 25th slate of NBA playoff games uh, for round one. We have two of the better series we've been seeing this playoffs between the Jazz and Nuggets, as well as the Mavericks and Clippers. And uh, we'll just jump right into it with the first game of the day, which is going to be the Nuggets and Jazz. We also have our resident NBA expert here, Scotty. How are you doing? Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So, yeah, I'll just go ahead and get started with the Nuggets and Jazz starting at 6.30 Eastern. Um, game game four, another Murray versus Mitchell just shootout, 51 and 50 points respectively. And honestly, this series has really surprised me. I thought it was going to be a kind of defensive-minded, low-scoring se- series. but That's what it was supposed to be. Yeah, it was supposed to, but it, it's just been, they've been playing fast pace. We've seen Mitchell's just been taking off Murray. Had a big game one, big game four, you know, decent games two and three. He's also been keeping up. So hopefully uh, game five here, the Nuggets will be able to pull one back and hopefully we'll get more of this series. Yeah. It's fun. It's more fun when they're scoring big points. Yeah. Uh, injury news. The only real injury news, Gary Harris is still questionable. He, he's been out the past 12 games now, but he's bumped up to doubtful yesterday, so... Maybe he might get some good news and we'll be able to see him. I don't think we'll have much of an impact on the game. I doubt he'll get his full minutes. If he does play, Torrey Craig might see a little bit of decrease in usage. But no one's I touching him anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about it too much. I still don't even know if Gary Harris will play. But uh, we'll start with the Jazz on the cash play. My favorite cash play is the man that just returned from having his child, Mike Conley, at 6,700. Dad He's, mode. He, yeah, apparently it's a thing in the DFS world, but he's come back. And 38.5 and 39.25 DK points in his return. And he's been shooting 60-plus percent from the field uh, both games. And he's been he's been taking 13 shots, which is a good amount for him. But it really it still isn't what we were seeing from uh, the regular season bubble. So he still has the potential to keep going. He's taken around 15 shots a game. So if he's, you know, can take another, another couple shots and make them, I mean, he'll be pushing... He'll be hitting five times value easily, easily and be pushing, you know, eight times. Yeah, for sure. Love that he also thing. gets, yeah, he also, and it's great because, I mean, we love talking about these guys that he is a big scorer, but he also racks up points on the defensive side. He's gets, you know, two steals a game, which is an easy four points right there. He can dish the ball out. He's a good ball handler. So he's, he's really safe at 6,700. He, I mean, I'd imagine he'll go up into the 7,000 range with another good game here, uh, assuming the series continues on. But I, I love him in this spot. What do you think? Uh, can we just let me ask you a question? So we have the two starting guards or point guards for each team Conley uh, at 6,700, and then we also have Jamal Murray, who is a little more expensive at 8,000. Uh, is Conley just a safer play here, even though Murray has that 50 real point upside? Uh, I think Conley's the much safer play, in my opinion. Yeah, Murray definitely has a big upside, as we saw, you know, on Sunday night. But I think he he also has the potential to bust in at eight thousand. He's a little bit more risky. I'll actually touch on him later in our last segment. Um, yeah, I, I like Conley more in this position. I, I think I agree. I think Conley is definitely somebody who doesn't rely on his shot to get you points. And when we're talking about safety and the daily fantasy sport uh, arena 
that is that is the safest thing to be right if we're looking at a gpp play i think a lot of people a lot of people will be looking at uh jordan clarkson and but what i think i think joe ingles at a hundred dollars cheaper is intriguing because he will come with less ownership than clarkson and has that has the same ceiling if not higher he's been off the past couple of games maybe hasn't seen uh, quite the amount of shots that he normally has but he's still playing 35 minutes and he's a great shooter we saw in game one when they if the game's coming down to the wire in the fourth quarter they're going to put the ball in Ingles' hands to shoot a big three and he's pretty he's pretty reliable there so Snyder, he's my gpp play yeah snyder has multiple times uh just doubled up on Ingles and the confidence that he has in Ingles to hit those big threes so yeah that's definitely a good sign when yeah. the coach is uh Saying yeah, these this is our guy. This is the guy that we're going to feed the ball to. So that's right, huge. So switching over to the Nuggets, there's we mentioned Murray. I don't love him at eight thousand dollars. Not gonna lie, I know he has he put up fifty points, but we've also seen games two and three. He didn't quite produce as we expected him to, and even in the regular season, he was kind of up and down player. Maybe not as reliable as. Some of the other nuggets so in terms of a cash play i'm liking Jokic. he's you know they're he's probably their main star on the team he definitely is i don't know why i say maybe and at 9400 for a guy who has a triple double threat on a nightly basis i think it's a good price for him he's a source of consistency on the team he doesn't rely on anybody else you know if murray is going off you might see decrease in shots from Ingles or Clarkson, but Jokic is his own plays his own game. He can dish the ball out, get assists. He's a monster on the boards, and he also will take you know upwards of twenty shots a game. So he's he's a safe play at ninety four hundred. Yeah, as long as he's uh, underneath yeah. that ten k area, right. definitely. Yes, he's a great great play. Yep. Um, and yeah, elsewhere on Denver is kind of I I think you're taking too much of a risk playing them in cash games. I mean, with the two-game slate, you, you're probably going to have to. Um, you know, I'm not saying don't play anyone, but I think Jokic is the safest play on the Denver side. Yeah. All right. If we're looking at GPPs, I'm going to go with, Scotty, your man, Michael Porter Jr. I love me some Michael Porter. He hasn't shown up for me in the playoffs, but boy, some reseeding regular season Michael Porter Jr., that, that got me out of bed every morning. Oh, yeah. And he's down... From the start of the playoffs, he's down almost $1,500, which is insane. He's down to 5700 now. And we saw what he could do in the regular season, as you mentioned. He was, you know, putting up almost 50 DK points every night. So he has he has the upside. And at this in this price range, I think he's the guy that has the highest ceiling. Which, you know, in a GPP play, GPP play you're looking for the guy with the highest ceiling. If you told me I was able to get Michael Porter Jr. at 5700 Going into the playoffs after the reseeding games, I thought I would have thought that would have been criminal. I would have taken that every single time. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, if he's putting up the shots, the shot attempts that we saw him put up in the regular season, even in you know game one of the playoffs, he didn't make as many then. But if we see him put up those shot attempts, he should have no problem getting forty plus DK points, and you know more than being a uh, a guy you're going to want in all of your lineups. So. He'll be my play on the, my GPP lineups. Yeah. And then uh, after, we'll, we'll switch over to the Mavericks and Clippers game after an insane game four. Uh, 
was oh, that. Well, you just elaborate on that. That game was electric. I yeah. I'm assuming everybody listening to this pod watched that game or at least have seen the highlights of that game. Um, that step back from three from Doncic, even just the whole game, uh, was amazing. It started off terribly for me because I was one of the guys that got just absolutely demolished, just ran over by Kristaps Porzingis and the lack of him playing. Literally, I checked my lineup like 15 minutes after, like at 3.45, game started at 3.30. And I was like, why hasn't he gotten any points? And there was no like report really. And I checked the lineups and he's not in the starting lineups. I was like, what, what's going on? Roto World didn't even have anything up until 3.48, 18 minutes after the game locked that Christos Porzingis would not be playing. And I was just like, man. Yeah, that's, that, that's on your Scott Van Pelt bad break segment there. Yeah, that's just that's just brutal um, to have somebody in the 9K range just get you zero. That that's You can't recover from that. Um, but as far as the injury, injury side, because um, it matters, uh, all eyes were on Doncic, whether or not he was going to play, and boy, did he play. Um and he is probable to give it a go again. Uh, Porzingis is now questionable, a true game-time decision. Wish they would have told us that um, before, but they did not. Trey Burke is another guy who is probable. If Porzingis is out, we saw that the Mavericks went smaller. They threw Trey Burke into the starting lineup. Uh, I'm going to touch on that a little bit more later, but Trey Burke is definitely a guy that I like there. For the Clippers side... We're going to get more into the injury stuff later, but Patrick Beverly is still considered doubtful. Uh, that's huge if he is still out because there are a lot of strong guards for the Clippers in that second yeah. unit. That even in and the first all, unit, all those guys are cheap. They are very cheap. And with this slate, just because there's two games, a lot of big names, it's going to be nice to have that extra money to throw around. But we'll jump into the Maverick side of it. Dorian Finney-Smith is a guy that I like at 4,800. He's one of those guys... During the reseeding games, he was on a tear. I think he had like a 20-20 night, um, just absolutely crushing the boards. If Kristaps is out, he's a really safe cash play for me because he is just going to be getting a lot of those rebounds that Kristaps would normally be getting, a lot of the minutes that Kristaps would be getting. And even if Kristaps does play, I think Dorian Finney-Smith is in a great spot where he's not going to get you monstrous numbers where... He's hitting 8x, 9x value. But as far as on a small slate, I like him at in that 4,800 price range. Maxi Kleber for a GPP play, I think it's huge if Porzingis is out again. Um, I'm sure he even kind of was a little bit shocked that Porzingis wasn't playing. I don't know how much <laughs> they knew going into that game that Porzingis wasn't going to be playing. So being able for him to know that he's going to be the starting center going up against Zubak, going against... Harrell, I like Kleber to be able to spread it out. He can hit the three. He can get those rebounds. Um, as I said earlier, Trey Burke is another guy who is worth touching on uh, if Porzingis is out. He was very effective from the field uh, in this last game. Really brought a lot of uh, good scoring into the game. Not really talked about as much just because everybody is talking about Doncic and the amazing game, rightfully so, that he played. But Trey Burke is another guy that put up 20-plus points, real points, and is in that lower price range. And we keep 
you know, you keep mentioning if Porzingis is out, but he got a Porzingis that has got a six hundred dollar price boost. If he is in, is he playable at that price? Man, I am just so angry at Chris Hosperson. I can't even fathom playing him. I think, but just from a purely subjective side, uh, even at that ninety one hundred, I think that's tough. Just because I, I don't know if I'm spending that much money. I think I want to just try to spend up a little bit more to Jokic. I think that's I was, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that's the spot that I, I would want to go. Even if I can really, really spend up, maybe we get one of these two guys I'm going to talk about from the Clippers and get that extra $900, get up to Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard has been amazing. Um, I'm, and we'll just move into the Clippers now that we're talking about Kawhi Leonard. We need to understand something really quick. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are not on the same tier of basketball. No, absolutely. Kawhi is... A lot oh, of a lot of a monster. Yeah, a lot of people see Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, even just in the regular season, as kind of the same tier. When they both got to the Clippers, it's like, oh, like whose team is it really? This is Kawhi Leonard's team. Kawhi Leonard is a very good basketball player when it comes to the defensive, offensive, just getting a bucket, and he'll do it. Like he'll th- he'll score thirty six points, and you're like, eh. When the games are like, eh, Kawhi Leonard probably had like twenty points, and then he has thirty six, and it's like, what? And you has a triple-double, and it's insane. A um, triple-double and, like, four steals or yeah. a block, you know. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. So just because he's not as flashy with it doesn't mean he's not good. He's going to get you your points. Um, and But then as far as my cash play, I really like Reggie Jackson. I know with the resurgence of the Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell pick-and-roll game in the second unit, um, People have been kind of moving away from Reggie Jackson just because he's not really initiating the offense as much. But as a guy that's playing close to 30 minutes a game and getting some still good usage at 3,900, I really like him in a pay down spot. Another guy I really like as long as Patrick Beverly is out is Landry Shamit. Um, he had a huge game uh, two games ago. Last game, he only scored uh, 15 DK points, which isn't great, but being as low priced as he was, he still was able to cover his 5x value. But he has, as he's, we saw the game before, he had 26 uh, DK points. He's getting around 25 minutes. Uh, he averaged 25 minutes in those last two games with Beverly out. He's in the starting lineup. Um, anybody that you can get at 3,600 who's going to be playing 25, 27 minutes and is in that starting lineup, I really, really like, especially when there are definitely people to pay up for in this slate. Yeah, and he gets a surprising amount of usage, too, in that second unit. Yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah, and he can hit the threes. He's all active on the boards. He's a great player. Um, one of the huge pieces that got moved from Philadelphia to the Clippers um, and is definitely definitely a great player. Uh, once he kind of comes into his own, we're going to be talking about this guy for a while, I believe. All right. Uh, real quick before we go, give me your one player you're locking in all your lineups and one guy you're not touching at all tonight. So the one guy, and I'm kind of cheating on this because it's not technically one guy, but the two guards that I just talked about, Reggie Jackson and Landry Shamit. I'm going to have at least one of them in every one of my lineups for sure just because I do want to be able to get to that Kawhi Leonard. I do want to be able to get to Donch, or, yeah, Doncic. I do want to be able to get to Jokic. Maybe even pair up two of those guys. Um, and I 
the only way I really see that happening is if I have a Reggie Jackson or a Landry Sh- Landry Shamit in my lineup. Especially if Beverly's not playing too, which it doesn't look like he will be. Yeah, if he's con- as considered doubtful, um, I really like those two. How about your fade? My fade, Paul George. Um, I was a big believer a couple games ago. I thought Doc Rivers was going to kind of force feed the ball into Paul or Paul George's hands. I don't think now that the series is tied at 2-2 that they can truly do that. I don't think they have the cushion. Maybe if they were up 3-1, then we could kind of let Paul George run, let him try to get his confidence back. But man, Paul George has not been looking good. He's at 8,200. His price isn't going down uh, the way that we would need it to to be able to feel confident about him. This is Kawhi Leonard's team. Just, I, I just have a really hard time playing him at all. Yeah, it's a, it's it is an enticing price, but I I agree. It's if this game comes down to the stretch, Kawhi Leonard's going to be touching the ball every every possession. So it's kind of hard to pay eighty two hundred dollars for Paul George at that in that case. For sure. Uh, for me, I'll start with my fade. Uh, Jamal Murray went up twelve hundred dollars after his monster game on Sunday, and. It, it's a tough fade because he has a high ceiling, but I think, especially in a two-game slate, there's going to be a lot of people on Jamal Murray, even with a $1,200 price increase to $8,000. And for a guy who, you know, any given night will get you, you know, can go down to 20 DK points, if I'm paying $8,000 for a guy, like, I I want a safe floor of, you know, at least, at least 30, 35, and... Then also that high ceiling, but I don't know. Jamal Murray is just such a huge risk. Let me. Ask, I think if a lot. Okay, go ahead. Let me ask you this question: If I'm creating twenty lineups, and each lineup that has Jamal Murray in it, that's that's five percent. How percentage wise are you? Are you at zero percent of your twenty lineups are carrying Jamal Murray? What what would you think that would look I'll, like? Maybe one to two lineups. Wow, so you are I, heavy I just, fading him. I yeah, I'm not. Yeah, he would be a, a one-off play for me. I just don't think, especially if he's going to be, you know, with only a limited amount of guys at each position, if he's going to be, you know, upwards of 40 to 50% owned, I don't really want any piece of him. Gotcha. Um, I left my lock blank because I'm not sure. I don't know if anyone's a lock on a two-game slate because there really is so much... Anything can happen. So, yeah, re- really anything can happen. I guess the guy I would like the, the most is... You mentioned the Clippers guards. Um, they're great plays at that cheap price. Also, I, I took up two we, guys. I think that's my fault. <laughs> no, that, that's that's quite all right. I, I agree with you on those plays. You also mentioned Kawhi as being the leader of the team. He's going to be the leader of the team night in and night out. So he's a safe play. And then maybe uh, Jokic in that first game. I think he's, he's just... The, the safest play, maybe Mitchell's a safe play too, but he is the, the safest play on the uh, on the Denver side of the ball. So yeah, I agree. I I, I like Jokic as my safe lock in new. You know, maybe not 100 percent of my lineups, but 75 to 85 percent of them. Let me ask you this thing. This is not this is a name that didn't get brought up at all, but it is going to be a big name and is a big player. How do you feel about Rudy Gobert at 7600? I don't know. I I always like Gobert because he always brings a double double threat, and I think this is a reasonable a reasonable price for him. I I mean he doesn't. We love the guys who don't need a score to be productive, and he'll 
he'll gather, you know, at least 10 rebounds a game. And then, you know, I say he doesn't need to score, but he also is going to at least have 10. He's basically a lock for a double-double. Um, I think he's a safe play. I don't know if, because, you know, we have Jokic and Porzingis above him. He, he's in he's in a weird price range by himself. He's the only $7,000 player. Only player in range, which I actually just kind of saw now, and it's kind of surprising. <laughs> it's but, it's uh, unbelievable. <laughs> wow. So, I, I mean, he, he's a good play, especially I think he'll be good in GPPs. Don't think he'll be as high-owned as the other centers on the slate because you can go up to Jokic or Przingis or all the way down to the Clipper centers, and those are pretty cheap guys that will be getting you know getting minutes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, that about wraps things up. Uh, any other clo- closing thoughts you have? Uh nothing that i can think of but please let us know if there's any feedback that you guys maybe you want us to touch more positionally instead of team by team maybe you want us to do just kind of more of a price range deal what we like doing this uh game by game breakdown it kind of flows for us but if you think that a different way would be better uh please reach out and we are all about helping you guys just get the most value absolutely i uh, on that note Visit us at handsdowndfs.com if you want to read some of our write-ups or at handsdowndfs on Twitter. Uh, yeah, contact us if you have any thoughts, any suggestions, and we'll be happy to you know include them in our podcast and our writing and you know bring you guys more value. Awesome. So on that note, uh, good luck, and we'll talk to you guys soon. See you.